Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at RepcoService.com. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Kickstart your weight loss goals with 10% off the Opti Slim range from Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ Thursday, 6th of October, and it is cold. It is so cold because Daggy left the lock unlocked, and I come out, and my studio is wide open in an icebox. And an icebox. Morena to you, team, up there in Auckland. You look really snugly in that studio. Whew, how are you? <laughs> morena, Daggy, morena. Good for your joints, mate. Getting a bit of, getting a bit of uh, oh, hot and cold. No, no, good <laughs> for the joints. Kimpy. Coming from your nice fireplace and your heat, your heat, your heat pumps, and oh, that's what happens when you leave the doors open. No, oh, Mr. <laughs> Frost walks in, mate. Mr. Frost walks in and takes over. <laughs> oh, Mr. Frost has walked in. That is so cold down here, Kempi. Look, I walked outside. I was hoping to see a little white out, but no, it's uh, it snowed a wee bit, but she's clear skies now, so I think the worst is past. And I think South Island, uh, um, the, Invercargill, 
was probably a little bit more affected in Queenstown areas. Um, but yeah, snowed a wee bit yesterday and I braved the elements and got out there and tried to hit a golf ball and uh, that was a nightmare. So uh, <laughs> maybe I should have just stayed home or went to the Don't movies think about school it. holidays. Don't should have went to the movies, eh, Kempi? Yeah, school holidays, mate. I tried to avoid the movies and... And, uh, you know, all that, so I just brave the elements so I don't have to go deal with six kids at the movies. <laughs> good. <laughs> how, how was your day? Anyway, Kempi, you have a good day yesterday? My full day yesterday, full day, obviously, with running it straight. We did a review of the season, went through the whole NRL. It was pretty cool with Sammy Hewitt. Um, caught up with a good mate of mine, Jim Doyle, um, ex-CEO of the Warriors, oh, nice. ex-CEO of NZRL. So we had lunch here, actually, at, uh, at our little mate's cafe next door. And um, caught up for a, you know, a couple of hours, just ch- chatting away about life in general, um, which was really good because I haven't seen him for for a little while. And uh, yeah, mate, it was just a, a really big day of SENZ stuff and and um, getting ready for, to to head up north on the weekend and do some do some more mahi. So, um, mate, I just I'm, I'm sitting around last night thinking about you know what am I going to write about off the back fence? And I, again, I just can't believe how much sports on. You know, every time you turn the pages over, there's something about a World Cup starting or a World Cup um, story about a player and a and a, and a team. Um, and I just reckon over the next month, a f- month to five weeks, six weeks actually, uh, mate, we we have got some fantastic sport coming up. Starting this yep, weekend, yep. brother. Starting this weekend with a triple head header at Eden Park. Yeah, you got the triple header, and you got to get this, mate. We're, we're still talking about rugby league, rugby World Cup. You think winter sports? There's a tri series taking place this weekend. Black Caps are taking on Bangladesh and Pakistan in the snow. Uh, in the snow. That's why it's kind of crazy because I'm like, it's freezing here. They shouldn't be playing cricket in the in the freezing cold. But no, it's taking place on Friday, tomorrow night at uh, Hagley Oval. The full series Hagley Oval. They brought it to the South Island because it is. The warmest and driest in October in the country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's proving them wrong. <laughs> it's proving them wrong. But anyway, uh, once we get at Indoor Stadium, no, they won't be able to play cricket there, mate. It'd be too small. So, uh, anyway, I'll just have to bring it down here in the summer. Izzy, speaking of the cricket, um, right now the White Ferns are in a super over. And they're just, yeah. they actually <laughs> had multiple opportunities to win the game during the, t- the 20 uh, overs against the West Indies and they ran into each other and dropped a catch when the West Indies needed two balls off two runs off two oh. balls. So they dropped a catch and then the West Indies just needed one <laughs> run to win on the last ball and just spooned it straight up in the air. And then they've come out, the West Indies woman, and they've got 15 off their one over, which is a really good score in a super over Ooh. in women's cricket. So uh, I imagine Sophie Devine and... Susie Bates or Sophie Devine and Amelia Kerr will probably come out. We're just waiting for them to come out, but they've got fifteen to get. Yeah, Jensen conceded fifteen off. Uh, four, yeah, fifteen off her. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing, but we'll see if they can pick it back. You never know; they might just go boom. And that series is with well, New Zealand. We win, we lead it. 2-1 at the moment so this is the fourth T20 if they win this we win that T20 series which will be hard for and um, richly deserved so we'll watch that and update yeah. it as it happens Yeah keep us updated that um, one Louis I think Matty Green batted extremely well last time to save it, that uh, game against the Westerners I think we were like 24 for 4 and it uh, wasn't looking great chasing 90 odd but we got there in the end so uh, keep us up to date mate let us know who, who comes out and, and takes back big show lads 
big show. It's been far too long. But this morning, we'll catch up with a friend of the show in world number one. Yes, that's right, world number one. Paul Cole, Colsey, as he prepares for the US Open. 180k US dollars on the line for Colsey. Get that done? He's turning left because he's coming home soon, lads. <laughs> he's coming home soon. The first P, oh, one of the first PSA tournaments taking place in Tauranga, November the 8th through to November the 13th. If you're in the Tauranga era, get there, support them. I was at the arena not too long ago, and it is a great place to play. The Suzanne Devoy Arena in Tauranga, it is phenomenal. Go there, support our squash players, and uh, and watch them. Look, I'm going to be completely honest. Not the ideal week, Louis, you'd know, and Kimpi. Not the ideal week to have the PSA in Tauranga, the Tauranga New Zealand Open, because that is Cup Week. That is Cup Week. <laughs> so it's just a, just a bit of a clash there. Bit of a clash here. But I'll be supporting from far. I'll be supporting from far as Colsey and Joel King come over to hopefully do that. So we're chatting to him after seven. And then after that, earlier this week, we spoke to Northland's George Cunia. And this morning we'll hear from Canterbury's Billy Harmon, the open side turn number eight has been a standout this year. So looking forward to chatting to Billy Harmon. They're taking on Northland this Saturday in Christchurch. Oh, a lot of sport happening in Christchurch this weekend. After that, more than an athlete, one of my favourite parts to the week. Only fitting we chat to our next guest as we build up to the Rugby World Cup. After eight, we'll talk to former Blackfern legend Melody Robinson and uh, chat to her about her success on the field. But what she's doing off it, she's doing some great things. In the broadcasting world, so we'll chat to her and uh, looking forward to it. Anyway, chat Kane Jones from New Zealand Bloodstock as a few Kiwi breads had have some success as of late. So looking forward to that. Double eight, double three, temper bed post text machine. There's one coming through already. Is he giving me? Yeah, what is he saying? Marky Mark. Is he? This weather is all your fault. With your winter, get out of here. Call winter flipped to the bed and said, I'm back. And I was just talking to a friend down in Dunners and there's more to come. Mark, I know. Gee, you got a good memory. I was full of confidence, Kempi. Just sitting there going, yes, boy, how good is it? Blue skies, my doors are open, and now it's freezing cold. Yeah, Marky, it came back to bite me in the bum, didn't it? It must be warm up there, Kim, because you're in a singlet again. No surprises, you're in a singlet in winter. <laughs> nah, nah, actually, Louis said, are you warm Are you warm today? Are you cold today? I'm like, nah, mate, well, I had a busy day yesterday, so I get a bit of a Crohn's flare-up, I think, and it warms me up on the inside. So I've got my heater, my furnace is burning on the you're inside. You're literally cooked. I'm cooking, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it is makarere ki waho, mate. She's cold outside up here. Yeah, I've, like, gone, I've, like, done the thing where I've parked my car quarter past four across the street and I've like yeah. tried to have as little time with my hands touching the air as possible and I've got my sleeves all rolled out straight into my pockets like come like scampering indoors then Kimby turns up an hour later and shorts in a t-shirt I'm like what one of us is completely wrong I don't 
yeah. Uh, I'm awake. That's all mate, talking about. I just want to do a big shout-out to all of our um, tane out there, men. Just make sure you look after yourself. You know, a conversation I was having with my mate yesterday, and one of the things we, we tend to do is neglect our, our, um, our physical health and make sure that you go out, you know, get yourself your regular checkups, you know, just like you do with your cars. Spend your money on your servicing of your body and, and get out there and, and uh, you know, just make sure that everything's ticking over because it's, uh, it doesn't take much for your life to change, yeah. but it also doesn't take much to go out there and get, get yourself a little bit of a service, eh? So that's the big shout-out there this morning, Izzy. And the other thing I said, I'd go out there for the guys that haven't got the skies and the sparks and, you know, can't afford to, to do that, um, which is really a lot of people from where I come from, you can actually watch the Rugby League World Cup. I think it's free to air on, on normal TV, a delayed coverage. Yeah. But also on YouTube, there's a channel called Sportsman Rugby League on YouTube, and it's a bunch of English blokes up there, and they record everything. Okay, so you can go back and you can watch that. So if you've got your little computer out there, uh, it's called Sportsman Rugby League. Check it out and get on there. You can actually go back and look at a lot of English UK. I had checked it out yesterday, UK League up there. Um, but my mate told me that they'll be doing the World Cup as well. So uh, we let you know yesterday that we come back with that um, that little connection. Sportsman Rugby League, YouTube. Nice work, Kimby. Nice work. A little update there. So, yeah, many around there probably don't have Spark Sport or Sky Sports. So... The free to air, that's great, great. You got to remember, Black Ferns is free to air on TV three. Delayed coverage for the pool games, but uh, the semi-finals, finals are all live. So that's uh, great for great news for pundits around the country that can support. And just your uh, chat about look, men looking after their health. I totally agree, mate. We're so stubborn, and we're just so oblivious to our bodies. We put our bodies through hell. I'm just talking about my personal experiences, mate. I put my body through hell. And I just, um, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my kids and I'm like, man, you know, it's like you, you go, you want to be around for a very long time. I want to be around longer than than my mum was around for us. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's it was the hardest time of my life. So, yeah, you got to look after yourself, Kim, because you've got your own experiences. Eh? Like, you, you go, oh, look, I really commend you for being so open and honest about Crohn's. One of my good mates up in Wellington, has Crohn's and, and he had it through school, didn't know what was wrong with him. He's in hospital, it was crazy, man. But it really affects your body. How did you, like, can you explain kind of Crohn's and, and how did it come about? Oh, 100%. You know, like, I've, I've always had this issue with, um, you know, my guts and, yeah, it also always come after food or after a night out. And uh, I'd spend yeah. hours on a toilet, you know, and, um, it got to a stage about five years ago. Started like I was saying, it started like I felt like I had something growing inside me, and I went and got checked out. When I had a colonoscopy, um, my partner she said, "You know, we've got to go and sort this out." And then the the specialist came out and said, "Oh, I'm 99 percent sure you got Crohn's," and I knew what Crohn's was, and I was like really shocked. But it sort of the penny dropped because it made a lot of sense, you know, when I was playing. Because uh, he said to me, "I think you've had it since you were 20." in your 20s, early yeah. 20s, and I was like, wow, wow, man, that makes sense because when I was training, some days I'd feel good, other days I just wouldn't feel like training, you know, I just had no energy, um, yeah. but it just it affects your bowels and you know, it starts chewing away at them and it, it, it becomes really ulcerous, ulcerated, um, and it just, just affects your, 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 your life in a way where you get really crook. You know, you get you, you just feel really sick. So, uh, we changed a few lifestyle, uh, made a few lifestyle changes, especially around food. Um, you know, yeah. took out all the all the the what we thought were the triggers. Um, 
for me it was wheat was a big one. So, uh, you know, we removed that from the diet and, and we put it into remission. It took three years and we did that. So you can can look after it. But the point I'm making is that I, I'd left it for 20, 25 years, 30 years before I went to a specialist. Yeah. Um, and I was really lucky that I went at that time because I my ulcerated bowels were that bad that they were just about to burst open and I caught it. Um, and of course, if a lot of a lot of especially Maori men don't go to the doctors and get themselves checked out. And I've I've learned over the last five years because of that one instance that there's also a lot of other servicing that you can do on your body. So it's really really um, important that we do that. You know, so um, I lost my dad at 41 to a heart attack. You know, there's a simple there's a simple um, service out there which is called a heart score, and you go you just basically go and do an MRI. Um, it doesn't cost you a hell of a lot of money and it comes out and gives you a heart score. And what it basically does, it tells you how much calcium you've got going through your 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 veins and, and that's basically the build-up of plaque and all that sort of stuff. And if the calcium score is too high, then they go and check out your heart and say so you need to do more more about it. And, of course, none of, our, none of us knew about that. You know what I mean? None of us knew about that. And you go and do that, well, you can easily stop having a heart attack. But, you know, a lot of our um, tāne, what they do is they wait till they have the heart attack and then hopefully live and go and get something done, you know. So yeah. I just talking to a mate yesterday, he's had a few little little things done and it just reminded me of, yep, time for checkups. Let's um, work that out. What do I need to do? Go and, go and get them and um, just make sure we're around, especially when you've got kids, is he? Especially, you know, I can say yeah. my kids are in their 20s. I'm really happy that I'm around when they're in their 20s because my, my dad passed away when he was 41. Um, and I think that's the really important message here. You know, if you've got young kids, look after yourself first, because if you can't look after yourself, you can't look after anyone. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Love those little words from you. Louis, have you got a wee update for us here, for my friend? Yeah, Sophie Devine has just absolutely marched down the wicket and plunged one over um, well, mid-on and into the stands, and she's lifted them. She scored 17 off five runs herself, 18 so we've won the series. The White Ferns have got up. That is Charlie, a great score on a super over men or women. Take your point there, mate. Uh, well done. Sophie Devine, 17 from five balls. She is clutch, and that is a huge effort. And, look, they tried to lose that series a number of times, but they've, look, they've dug in and knuckled down when it counts. Well done to the White Ferns. That's awesome. Beautiful. Fifth, chasing down 15. That's a hell of an effort. Sophie Devine. Leading the way. Beautiful, beautiful work, mate. Well done to the to the White Ferns. Getting the job done. So what's their next series now? They've got a couple of ODIs, is it? They've played the ODIs. I think that they oh, yes. are back here to start. Was it Bangladesh? I think from everyone when we spoke to Mili oh, yeah. they've got back in New Zealand. Yep. So one more T20 and then their long Caribbean stint will uh, wrap up and they'll be back here. It'll be great to have the White Ferns playing at home. And speaking of the White Ferns playing at home... Can't wait question of the day. This weekend, it's the Black Ferns playing at home in front of what will be hopefully close to 40,000 plus at Eden Park on Saturday night. Oh, man. it's gonna, If you're not going to the wrestling at Massey Rugby Club, I want you at Eden Park. <laughs> it's the only thing you're not allowed to be at Eden Park for, all right? Joe? Okay, if you're not going to Eden Park, you're going to the wrestling. Nothing in between, all right? Okay, good. Now, can't wait question of the day today. Look, we do these questions and these, um, you know, I'll stack them up, rack them up, compare this and that and him and him, but we don't do it with women too often. 
which is stupid because we have had mm. some of the world's best rugby players from New Zealand that are wahine. <laughs> and I want to ask yep. you, it was your favourite women's rugby player of all time? Because this is the week to do it. Oh. Let's talk about it. Who for you is the John Alomu, the Richie McCool, the Daniel Carter, past or present? Melody Robinson's on the show after 8am today. We have Kendra Coxedge, some legendary um, black ferns still running around today, this weekend. Who is it from yesteryear or today? Who's your favourite sevens or fifteens? Whatever you want. Who's your favourite women's rugby player from New Zealand all time? 21 minutes past six. Have a deep think about it. Then give me a call 0800 150 811 on the Kenatai phone line. We'll talk to you soon here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Who is your favourite black fern of all time? You know, we, we run these lists and tables and debates with all blacks, but it's the Rugby World Cup and it's the Women's Rugby World Cup and we've had so many talented um, women put on that black jersey throughout the years and there's so many of them in this team currently. But Izzy, do you have one where you think about some of the best? I've, I've got a, uh, Yeah, I do. I do. When first one that springs to mind is black fern number 108, Fia Fa'a Masili, she is the ex-hooker from way back in the day. She's won many a titles, Auckland uh, representative. She's actually a former cop, and, um, man, she was outstanding in the hooker role. I used to love watching her. Someone on the outside backs, Carla Hohepa. Carla Hohepa on the outsides. Um, she was so good, so, so good. So those are the two past players that I used to absolutely love watching. Present that I'm so excited is Amy Duplessis. I think she's going to be a standout going forward in this uh, in this World Cup. So those are my two pass, and that's my present going forward. Lovely. You, Kempe? Yeah, look, I, I like those names. Um, as I, Look, Mel Robinson's one for me, and knowing Mel really, really um, well too. Sort of, uh, it'd be remiss of me not to include her name, especially if we've got her on today and she hears us, so she'd say, how come you didn't choose me? Um, <laughs> I, honey, hit him me with the dual codes, going rugby league and rugby union, I think is, um, you know, very, very good. But I played I played uh, first 15 with this girl's father. He was a very good first 15 uh, rugby you were going to say this. And, uh, and he played for Clifton, a good man down there, still farming down there. Uh, Stephen Blyde, uh, his daughter, Michaela Blyde, mate. Um, when I watched her, I remember her pulling on a Taranaki jersey for the first time and it was just way too big. And I thought, man, this poor little girl, she's just like her dad. She's so tiny, you know. But if you look at her now, man, she's a beast, mate. And she yeah. plays with – I love watching her play. And her mum was a, her mum was a decent player too. So um, I love watching Michaela Blight. I love that she's come out of Taranaki and that she's done so well and won so many medals and – um, you know that little connection that I have with their father's um, really important too. He's a he is a good dude too. So it's hard Mikhail, to go past Mikhail her and Kendra Kempi. Mm. Hard to go past her and Ken J. Ken Ken is one of the greatest. One of the greatest. Well, she was my pick. She'd be in that debate. And yeah. and I didn't. I thought it was like you know it's almost one of those ones where it's a little bit obvious. But I I just think that for a longevity. Like yeah, it's like sure. the Le- Le- LeBron James debate, like consistency and longevity, and she's played sevens at the top as well. But her skill set just seems to get better and better and better, and um, kicking, passing, running, just wise leadership. Yeah, she ticks a lot of boxes. Kendra Coxedge for me, so that was my suggestion there. But the the, the other one I had, I, I I couldn't leave her out, but I 
don't want to just be Taranaki biased was Kayla McAllister. You know, she was the she when she first came on. Like I didn't know that Kayla had so much speed. Like Luke was really quick, but I didn't know that Kayla had so many so much speed. And I played football with her father, Charlie. You know, so she when she when she hit the when she hit the um, the go button. Oh my god! Dave says I think you'd be hard pressed. What's that? Get your so- get your patch off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Louis. Get your patch off. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops clock, and it's six thirty eight. Incredible. I'm glad yeah. you said it, Izzy. He's Kim, he can he can reach over and slap me. So, <laughs> hey, Dave says hard pressed to go past Porsche. <laughs> She's a fantastic player and still going strong. Have a great day. Go the Black Ferns, kick some butt. Cheers. Good on you, yes. Dave in Karaka. Completely agree. What and who is your favourite Black Fern of all time? Come on, double eight, double three. Don't be shy. There's a couple of names to get you going, but I can think of one or two that we've left on the table for you. 0800 the Kennard's high phone line there as well. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. We're not too far away from some sports headlines too. SENZ, let's get some sports headlines. Thank you. Aroha at Bunnings Trade Helping Business is our trade here to make your job easier. And yesterday, well, we'd been on watch, we'd been on red alert. All rise for the judge. 62 for Aaron Judge, and it would have been quite draining on him, so I'm sure the monkey off the back, they'll be feeling good. Of course, lots of non-Yankees fans saying it's it's only a AL record. He's still the eighth most home runner. He's got the eighth on the all-time record list and all that sort of thing, but it's a fantastic achievement regardless, so well done. If you are a Yankees fan, because you'll be absolutely loving it, uh, now there are two football ferns games in Christchurch. In November, November 12 and 15, which is bang right around Cup Week as well. So when you talk about so much sport going on, we're just getting more slated, which after so long with so much live sport not being able to be here in New Zealand because of COVID and disruption, it's so good to seeing these teams travel down here. Now, the White Ferns haven't had a a football fern, uh, football fern, sorry, the football ferns haven't had a game in Christchurch in 30-odd years. They don't have any World Cup games, so hopefully this is a little bit of a remedy for that. And speaking of the White Ferns, well, you would have just heard earlier on, Sophie Devon blasting them to victory in a super over. So they have won that T20 series now against the West Indies women. And Sophie Devon just too good for them at the end, finished with 17 runs from five balls. Well done, Sophie and the White Ferns. Those are some sports headlines. And Izzy, Kempi was being biased, but then Pistols come through and accused me of being biased. <laughs> oh, laughing. Louis picks it. <clears throat> Louis picks a Canterbury halfback. What a shock <laughs> from Pistol. At least she's got hamstrings, oh. Pistol. 
<laughs> oh, so good. So, so good, boys. Lots of mate. That, that, uh, that judge, um, well, that record, wow, what an achievement, mate. What an achievement. That's the jet. That's what's well, going to be debated, obviously, with uh, Sosa and Barry Bonds and everything, what, what happened there with the steroids. But this is a genuine uh, home run record. Watched it yesterday. It's awesome, mate. How many games left in the regular? Oh, three, two, three, I think. That was three or two. two, so two? Yeah, it was the second game of the double back-to-back that he got it in last night. So two to go, then they've got the wild card round this weekend. Yeah, so he took it right to the death. Oof, awesome. And that guy that caught the ball, apparently, he's it's worth $2 million, but then I was listening to the news. He's the vice president of a f- company, a firm, that uh, has $197 billion under funds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he just wants it in his office. He just wants it in his yeah, office. He's just going to keep it in his office, mate. Well, oh, hopefully he auctions it and then donates it to charity. But doubt, doubt it. But mate, awesome achievement. What a what a phenomenal achievement. Sixty two. I reckon sixty three is going to be the one to get. Sixty three. Well, he's still a chance. I mean, he's just he's genuinely. He's slugging unbelievably at the moment. Um, I don't know too much about where we're sitting with the MLB playoffs. We might have to do a chat on that early next week, lads, because once the playoffs come around in October, it heats up and it gets very, very, very intense. And Harrison's come through. He's eighth, yes, but he's also the first guy on the list not to be found to be juicing bonds, so etc. More questions and answers with that lot. Yeah, Harrison, I know. And it's funny because... Depending who you support, the fans will pick and choose and cherry pick the uh, conditions that they want to go off, won't they? So, look, Yankees fans will be doing cartwheels, Red Sox fans, Mets fans, probably not so much. Um, Kempi, a name that we left on the table, which I'm surprised hasn't come through yet, Sarah Hirani. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, she she came to mind, but if you're talking about Sarah, then you're talking about Porsche. You're talking about. Uh, Stacey Flula, you know, there's there's a ton of those girls right now that you would pick. Oh, I, I like what, I love watching the sevens. I thought you would have picked Anna Richards, probably one of the greats, or one of the go down as one of the greatest. She's obviously coaching now, uh, Auckland, but she did so much in the Black Ferns jersey. One of the Farah Palmer, you've got legends, legends. There's got to be some out there for for you at home that have got some big names that. Probably slip our minds. Double eight, double three. Keep them coming through. There is we're building up to the Rugby Women's World Cup. Rugby World Cup in Auckland. Forty thousand fans are going to be descend on Eden Park, and I just can't wait. I am genuinely fizz for this this weekend. Honestly, with what Wayne Smith and and the resources that have been thrown at it, they are leaving no stone unturned, and it's going to be. A hell of a result. If they can do it on their backyard, only from my experience as a player at home, I know how special it is, and I just know how much New Zealand united around our team. I hope they get the same same feeling, the same achievement, uh, the same kind of buy-in from public that, that we did back in the day because it's um, one of the special ones. Memories I'll cherish forever. Nice, Izzy. Feel the jet up, mate. Get up here. We're actually, um, hopefully we're going to be in Whangarei ahead of the quarterfinals as well at Chemist Warehouse. So that'll be really exciting. Of course, all these games are are free, uh, sorry, all these games are in the North Island, which is a little bit of a shame. I understand the frustration. So Whangarei out west and then at Eden Park, that's the little triangle. 
But if you're around and you can travel, if you have got that privilege, I'd just encourage you to go there. And also, of course, if you want to catch them, um, they're on Spark Sport, and we've got the Rugby League World Cup coming up on Spark Sport as well, so it's probably a good time to hook in there. 20 minutes away from seven. This quiz is diabolical. I'll be honest. Yeah. Neeps. I know. I've had a look. It's Neeps, mate. Look, honestly. Calm down, Neeps. Oh, yes, Neeps. Flex it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, is he po- proving a point? Kimby? Don't ask for a clue. Don't ask for a clue because even I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I don't know what's like. Oh. Is, is Neeps just like he's on the show and he's just trying to make a statement, like swing an arm yeah. over the top in the first minute? You know, like this is State of Origin three and he's trying to drop us. Well, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Come through. I'm serious this time. We're going to need multiple people on the line because this is tough and Kimpy doesn't have a clue. As he said, <laughs> 19 away from seven, Quizzy Dag after this. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. DAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, let's rip straight into it. Let's hear from Mark from Tauranga, the Hulk. How you doing, Marky? Good boys, and you? We're good, brother. Morning. We're good. We appreciate your message. We got it up on the middle there. We'll read it out shortly, but appreciate it, mate. Oh, got to have those conversations, eh? Got to have those conversations. Uh, Thanks for that, brother. Good. Hey, um... Good, good. Thanks, brother. Hey, we'll rip straight into it. Good luck. I say just good luck. Here we go. Three sports are set to make their debut at the Victoria Commonwealth Games in 2026. Can you name one? Uh, no. Not Olympics. <laughs> uh, Geordie's, Geordie's pretty good at it. Golf. Golf is correct. There's golf, there's BMX, and there's coastal rowing. Well done, well done. Question number two. What is the name of the former NBA team from Seattle? Oh, shivers. I was going to say the Seahawks, but it's the uh, NFL team. See you tomorrow, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Marky, see you tomorrow, mate. Appreciate it. Brett from Huntley. He's a sports fanatic. He'll get it. Morena, Brett. Morena, brother. Oh, Sean Kemp in the Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Shawnee Kemp. Shawnee Kemp, you got Seattle. it. Supersonics, well done. Question number three. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. In this piece of commentary, what nickname does the commentator refer to Paul Cole as? <laughs> oh, we call him and this is why. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 
Korero. <laughs> Korero Apopo. Everyone knows Colsey. He's coming up after seven. His nickname. Here we go. Sorry, Brett. Takite. Here we go. Brenton. Morena. Hey, brother. Hey, mate. Hey. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brenton. Oh, brother. Good, good, good. Here we go, mate. In this piece of commentary, which nickname does the commentator? It's his nickname. What does the commentator refer to Paul Cole as? Uh, you have a, a clue, Kempe? Oh, uh, gets changed in the phone box. It's what, sir? <laughs> <laughs> what did Kempe say? We call him <laughs> and this is why. Yeah. It gets he changed gets in the phone box. Superman. <laughs> Superman is correct. <laughs> that was a toughie, Neeps. Wow. Yeah. Here we go. Question number four. Ryan Reynolds and another Hollywood actor have released a docu series on Disney Plus about buying a low tier football, low tier football club in the UK. What country is the club from? Oh, I've seen this too. Um, yeah, I'll say Norway. I don't know. <laughs> No, no, no way! No 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 no, 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 no. No, it's not Norway. UK. UK. UK, Norway. UK Brenton. No way. UK-C-A. Brenton. Have a chat. Fun Friday, brother. Come back. Cam! Cam! Cam, the new caller. Morning, Cam. Morning. How are we, lad? Yeah, good, brother. Yeah, good. Good, mate. Here we go. Ryan Reynolds in another Hollywood actor have released a docu-series, Dizzy Plus. What about buying a low-tier football club in the UK? What country is the club from? Uh, can I phone a friend here? Moby Dick. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> go Wales. <laughs> Wales is correct, brother. Well done, well done. Like Question number five. Question number five, Kemi. Jamie Richards made his debut in Hong Kong at Happy Valley on Wednesday. Name one of his three runners from last oh. night. <laughs> uh, fortune. Oh, oh, he's a punter. Fortune. I only know the one word, fortune, something. You know it. You know it. <laughs> it's the golf something. It's what, the golf something. What do you call him, a head? Fortune. Oh, what's the, I don't know. What's fellas. the big golf tournament? Oh. What's the big golf tournament? Oh. Fortune Master? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks, How fellas. much help do we Woo. need to give you, Cammy? You know why I did that? Because oh. you're a new caller. You, well, you're a new caller. Oh, you get special man. treatment. Appreciate it, brother. Oh, you yeah, got fellas. fifty bucks coming your way. Ah, <laughs> 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 you. I tell you what, though, the fact that he got fortune, he got half. Like half, honestly, yeah. I don't reckon many people would even have was... a lick of a clue. So there was flying on the turf, fortune master, and Rattan kingdom. To be fair, we had him on the show yesterday, but still, the names that could just go in one here and out the other, eh? Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty impressive because I was I was hoping someone would get that one because I didn't have a clue for it. Oh, Ed, Ed, Ed from Tolliga is calling back right now. 
I think he's going to have your head, Kimpy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he wants to run it straight at you. Six and a half away from seven. Uh, we'll get to that message from Mark and another one from Grant after this. Oh, well done, Cam. Love a new caller. 0800-150-811. Every morning, Quizidak. Oh, Tim and Tony are not happy with you, Izzy and Kimpy. <laughs> Mate, Tony, don't you start. We've given you some, Tony. Don't. You like those apples? What a rig. Tony from Auckland. <laughs> Timmy, give it to him, why don't you? <laughs> Timmy, come on, man. Come on, boys. Don't be like, don't be like that. Yeah, we're just being, just being nice. Anyway, here's a nice one from Mark. Here's a nice one. Be nice like Mark. Morena lads in Aroha. You lads need to be commended on your openness and willingness to speak about your battles, both mental and physical. If just one bloke takes it on board and goes to the doctor, that's one good rooster saved. Keep it up, lads. Keep it up. Love the show. That's from Marky. Appreciate it, Mark. So while we're on there, mate, hopefully you can encourage people just to uh, be open and transparent about their feelings. We all feel it, no doubt. Paul Cole. Paul Cole, champion squash player, number one in the world, West Coaster. He's coming up after this. For then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Time for a fresh new look? Try Chic Razors from Chemist Warehouse, now starting from $8.69. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, Thursday 6th of October, it's just after 7 o'clock, and well, today I should have my coffee coming in shortly, love this time of the morning, get a nice coffee delivered from my beautiful family, and today Kempi, today Kempi, do you think it's a bit cheeky of me to ask, maybe for a couple of poachies on toast too, yeah. No, what mate, you, go ahead. <laughs> what do you reckon? I've sent the message, but I haven't got a message back, so they're either still sleeping, lucky family. Mate, I'll tell yeah. you what, I bet you can cook eggs too. I followed Daisy on, on Instagram and her little business that she's got going there, always cooking. Mate, you're such a lucky man. Seriously. So I, I, I'm guessing she just wouldn't whip up some poached eggs. She'd probably throw, I don't know, something else, something else delicious on top of it, mate, because she can cook. I don't like it because you sound like everyone else. You're so lucky, Israel. You're so lucky. No, <laughs> she is lucky, okay? She's a lucky one in yes, the household, okay? Yes, boss. That's the name of our next oh. horse. That's I've just remembered. Remember that, Louis? She's lucky? No. You remember when I told you I had the name of the new the, the, the next horse? Yeah. It's called Yeth Boss. Yeth, Yeth Boss. Yeth Boss. 
Can you imagine T. Lee getting that one out? And here comes the Yes Boss, way too good. Hey, Alan, I know you're listening now. Put that one down. Yes Boss. Yes. Yes, boss. <laughs> That's a good one, Kimpy. That's a good one. Yes, boss. I'm always saying that at my household. Don't worry about that, Kimpy. Anyway, but, uh, Tim. Tim said, no, guys. I meant once he got fortune, you should have given it to him. That was a great answer. Yes, Timmy. Totally, totally agree. Oh, it's time for that time in the morning. My favourite time. Poor Cole, champion. He's had a year to remember as old Paul Cole winning two gold medal, two golds at the Commonwealth Games, becoming world number one and returning home for the first time since the pandemic, despite falling short at the Egyptian Open last week. He's now managed to reclaim his spot as the top-ranked squash player in the world. He'll be looking to maintain his ranking headed into the US Open this weekend and beat out rival Ali Farag for the title. Well, if anyone can get it done after what I can only imagine has been an exhausting 12 months is our man Colsey, and he's on the line with us today. Afternoon, Colsey. How's the United States for you, brother? Yeah, kia ora, brother. It's, um, it's good, man. It's always uh, nice to come to, to America. It's an uh, easy place to play. We're playing indoors, which is always nice. And uh, yeah, I like it here. My whole team's here this week. So, um, you know, we're looking for a big week. Mate, you, you you haven't had any rest. Let's be completely honest. Straight from a World Series, straight into the Commonwealth Games, you had a trip home, and then you're ripping straight into another season, mate. What's it all been like for you? How, how's the how's the body feeling? Yeah, it's been a crazy six months, twelve months, bro. Um, it's been lots of highs, lots of lows. Um, like you say, pretty pretty draining. Didn't really have an off season going into the Commonwealth Games, but man, that was like the best two weeks of my life. So I wouldn't change it for anything. But um, yeah, man, my, yeah. my my life's changed drastically in the last six months. You know, heaps of heaps of cool opportunities, heaps of distractions that I'm you know uh, dealing with. So, um, but been enjoying it, man. It's uh, my life's been great, so I can't complain. Got a rig in New Zealand yet, Colsey? Any any sponsors there throwing you a big ram? Ram five hundred, something like that. <laughs> no, uh, no, no wheels, mate. I'm still waiting for Izzy to hook me up there. But uh, <laughs> just signed with Barfoot and Thompson, actually, great New Zealand company. So I'm um, stoked to have them on board. Give them a plug, hey, um, mate. What's it like being back at number one? <laughs> it's cool, man. Um, obviously, uh, I was number one for you know three months at, at the start of the year, and that was um, something very new to me. Um, lots of doors open, met lots of cool people. Mm. Maybe if I'm being completely honest, um, I was guilty of getting a little bit distracted in, in, in terms of my off-court life. But, um, you know, this time around, I spoke to a lot of people that have helped me out and given me some, you know, pretty wicked advice, uh, including including my man uh, Izzy there. So, yeah, I feel a bit more prepared and, you know, a bit less um, overwhelmed with the whole thing. You know, I, I didn't really think it would bother me as much. But, you know, looking back, I was probably definitely a bit guilty of... Uh, enjoying my off-court life a bit too much, but, you know, you live and you learn. Mate, you, you live and you learn, Coles, yeah, and you gotta you got to enjoy it because it's such a short time and, and, you know, you're out there on the court, you, you're putting your, so much effort out there, so you, you've really got to enjoy it. But, um, you, yeah, you've, you've been number one, you've, you've had your chance. So, obviously, round one probably didn't quite get the result you were after. You've come back and you, you were so close up against your... Yeah, your arch rival um, Ali Farag. But what was the key lessons from from the start of the season to be able to get back into contention, fighting for the Egyptian title? Yeah, bro, it was just um, you know trying to go back to sort of simplifying things, just um, 
you know, finding out, you know, why I play squash and not getting too caught up in, you know, the whole whole fame and whole, you know, sort of benefits that come with. Obviously, I want to enjoy that stuff, but, you know, I just sort of got to go back to, yeah. um, you know, yeah. myself and playing for playing for myself, playing for my family and just, you know, sort of trying to simplify it and, and keep it, you know, chasing the titles that we want to, we want to win and try not to get too caught up in everything. But, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Like Egyptian Open, I sort of got my my mindset back I got my determination and fight back which was a really nice feeling to have so even though I fell short in the final it was quite a a good tournament for me to get my mindset back and felt like myself on court again which was you know really nice since Commonwealth Games I was sort of struggling a bit after that with you know the highs and lows and um so yeah man it was a wicked tournament and I feel good going into this week like I said my whole team's here so yeah looking for a, a good week Mate, we were, we were rooting for you back down here watching it in the studio, actually, that final. So um, look forward to the, the rematch, hopefully, and you're getting one back up over them. Um, i just got a question for you, Colsey. What, what about how do, you, how do you continually raise the bar when you get to number one? Have you got a, a method or an understanding of what's going to keep you in front of people? Yeah, man. I'm, like I said, like that was um, something that I've, I've been sort of working at because I've always – my whole career has always been the, the chaser, you know, I've always sort of been chasing people who are better than me and then all of a sudden to find myself on top was a little bit different. I didn't think my squash suffered too badly, but, you know, maybe mentally I was sort of, I was a bit tired at some tournaments and you know, sort of a bit distracted and I think it's just going back to doing what I've done, you know, my whole career and that's just, you know, trying to improve myself and looking at weaknesses in my game and then going on court and just, you know, sort of leaving it all out there and fighting um, for every point. So, again, it's just going back to that whole, you know, like what got me to where I was, what got me to, to number one and just trying to keep it simple and focus on that. And um, like I said, the last sort of month has been really, I think, quite a revelation for me in terms of, you know, speaking to some people, getting some good advice and sort of finding finding that out within myself and sort of having that realisation which I think I did at Egyptian Open, and I felt really good mentally. And even after the tournament, even even having a loss, I felt, you know, mentally quite good and quite happy with how the tournament went. Mate, were, were you aware uh, that some of Farag's ranking points were expiring, and you were set to reclaim the world number one spot? Yeah, I get tagged in about twenty things a day on Instagram <laughs> when that comes around. So um, it's hard to it's hard to sort of ignore that, but. You know, it's it's something I try not to think about too much because if you win win events, you're going to be number one, and that's what we want to do. Is really just sort of win win big events, and um, you know, the world they have all these things that's like, you know, this week I'll be world number one, next week I won't be world number one, but really, world number one's over a twelve month period. You know, you got to play well for twelve months. You can't just keep thinking week in week out. It's you know, consistency over twelve months, and it's an accumulation of points and. You know, after 12 months, you're going to drop off good points. So you've got to keep sort of, you know, backing those up every month, every week. And um, that's sort of how I try and look at it rather than, mm. you know, on the monthly rankings or weekly rankings. It's more of a 12-month performance. Well, I think Tiger Woods was about 500-odd weeks at number one, mate. So keep going, Colsey. Keep charging, <laughs> brother. you got a couple of – got 499 weeks to go, all right? You got 499 <laughs> weeks. Hey, brother, you're back in the United States. I remember this time last year we actually spoke to you post your United States Open win, and uh, Baz was having a tongue-in-cheek. How much did you win your prize money, mate? Like, what does this event mean to you? This is probably a, a big event on the calendar for your – for your year? 
Hundred percent, man. Um, this is uh, sort of, if I'm being honest with you, this is this is my first sort of tournament. I thought I would be ready to try and have a crack at winning. I think you know, having the off season that I had with Commonwealth Games, I didn't feel like I was going to be ready for the start of the season. And I sort of said with my team that this was the first tournament that I I targeted to win. Um, and it's obviously one of the most prestigious. You know, U.S. Open and sort of any sport holds a lot of you know credit. So I, I really haven't. You know, I really want to win this one and you know put it alongside my my sort of other other wins that I've had so yeah man this is uh high on my my goals list and you know I'm just going to try and enjoy the week I said it like I said I brought my whole team here so um we're all in good spirits and body and mind are feeling good so ready to go hey Colsey you're looking forward to returning home you've spoken to some people and uh about coming back down under and getting the job done oh man I'm I can't wait mate we're uh we're coming back this month, 20, 27th of October. I think I'm flying back. Not that I'm not that I'm counting down the days or anything, but <laughs> mate, it's gonna be a, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an elite event. And I think you know the organisers there. I know they're gonna put on a wicked event. And first time we've sort of had something like this in oh, a good thirty odd years. So, mate, I'm ecstatic, and um, my whole family's coming up. Basically, the whole Greymouths, you know, taking over Tauranga. So, um, looking forward to it. Don't don't forget to tell your mum and dad to bring that white bait up, son. <laughs> I gotta pack that amongst the wine, mate. <laughs> I was with you. I was at the gym with your auntie the other day, and she said that about thirty of you are, are heading along to the gym, mate. So uh, head along to the open. It's gonna be a crazy week. Like, are you, are you expecting seller? How much can that stay? Is that Susan Devoy? Um, obviously, courts there, isn't it? So, how much can that hold? Yeah, mate, but they're putting a glass court in Trust Power Arena, so it holds around 600, oh. I think, and they sold, the, they sold the tickets out within 50 minutes. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be pretty a pretty wicked event. It's going to be pretty special. I know they've got billboards and you know bus advertising going around Tauranga. So, um, yeah, man, like they sold out in 50 minutes, which is unreal. Um, half of that's grey mouth, but, yeah, it's going to be pretty special. Oh, mate, it's going to be absolutely special, Colsey. We, we, we're so proud of you down under, and I know your life has changed so much over the last year. You're an absolute superstar back in New Zealand and around the world, let's be complete. Number one squash player. How many squash players are there in the world? You got an estimate? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a few, you know, a few hundred million just to make myself sound good, mate. <laughs> Well, there you go. You're number one, mate. You're standing at the top of that pyramid. Keep it up, Colsey. We're really proud of you here on the show. And uh, get that job done, mate. We'll get the job done over the next couple of weeks. Turn left and, and return home, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, boys. Appreciate the phone call. There he is, Mr. Paul Cole. Loved his honesty there, Kempi. Loved his honesty. I, I've been having a um, – I'm glad he brought it up. I've been having a couple of good chats with uh, Colsey. Not only me, a lot of um, people around uh, that have got their own experiences because I guess when you when you are that hungry, you're that fighter, you're that lion that's uh, looking for a bit of prey, it's not hard to find motivation and, and the motivation to get up and do a bit extra and get out. But when you're the hunted, that's when it's hard. Yeah, and that sounds like he's had his, his had his little struggles over the thing, and I loved it. And I've been given in my experiences because I've been the hunter, and then I've been the hunted, and it's uh, it comes with different mindsets. And I loved his honesty there. Yeah, and that's and that's a right. You know, half the half the the journey is getting there, but the hard part of the journey is staying there, isn't it? You know, you see so many people yeah. 
fall off the uh, off the bandwagon once that they'd done all the hard work and got there. And that's why I asked him, you know, what's his method of, of making sure that he's going to stay at the top for as long as he can. So I mean, at the at the um, heart of it, he's a Kiwi Kiwi kid and so humble, mate. You know, his humility is really awesome, the way that he just talks about it openly. And, mate, good on him. I, I love watching him. I think he's a, you know, a true West Coaster. The competitiveness and the way that he... He just hates losing points. That just drives him. He just wants to win. I love that. He's yeah. Look, he's obviously a huge friend of our show, and he's a global superstar in New Zealand now. He's a he's a name that everyone's synonymous with, and uh, very recognisable. So we're very proud of him. He's um, obviously going through his his little struggles, but he's back there, and. Uh, we can't wait to get him home. Look, I said it earlier. It's obviously a week. <laughs> it's a pretty big week on uh, our calendars, but we'll be there in spirit supporting him. 600 tickets sold out in 50 minutes. That is great work. People are rallying around our squash players and going to have a hell of an event. 20 million, by the way. 20 million. 20 million people play squash regularly worldwide over 190 wow. odd countries, 185 odd countries. So 20 million, number one. And we were talking about Ryan Fox the other day being we're 20, number 25. It's just, yeah. I know, like, it's the old thing we, when we go to the Olympics, we always say, oh, per, per capita, New Zealand, yeah, per capita, per capita. But seriously, Kempi, like, we're a little, we've got Antarctica spitting all over us at the moment, that <laughs> Arctic blast, polar blast. And then we've also got some of the world's highest achieving athletes. It's pretty special, isn't it? Spitting out champions everywhere. You know, Lisa Carrington, Paul Cole. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I, I actually spent some time thinking about that yesterday about how are we going to continue to deliver on the world stage when everything is moving so fast? Athletes are becoming bigger, faster, mm. stronger. And little old New Zealand down here, we don't even have a high performance centre. I guess we've always just isn't that crazy. What do you mean by that? We like, don't have a high performance centre, mate. We have the Millennium, oh, yeah, right. over the North Shore, which has a swimming pool, the public use, and a gym down the bottom, and a little ten metre track that they have at the back. But we don't have a a, de- a designated high performance sports centre in New Zealand for any of our athletes to go to. Mm, I guess you got pockets like you've got Cambridge where they have the velodrome and the um, obviously but Lake, imagine, Lake imagine what they've got all around the world these centres like the Institute of Sport in Australia for instance you've seen that when you go to America these little pockets that they have mate they look like a millennium look like a coffee shop it's crazy it's crazy what our athletes put up with and yet go out and just bring back the gold yeah yeah 100% and they're loud and clear and I guess we've always found a way and that's been the that's like the the number eight wire. Yeah, just always found a way, and we it's almost like we always will. But I know what you mean. Imagine what if we had a level playing field. It's um, pretty cool. Imagine that. That's yeah. that's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm saying. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. taking our little country and parking it in a in a place that has this massive stadium. Like, they'd never be caught. Yeah, and what you can be. Hey, what about this text from uh, Dad, Pete? Don't lie. <laughs> You're very lucky. Papa Pete. Papa Pete's come out and given you one right between the eyes. Don't lie. Uh, I'm not lucky, Dad, because she doesn't like pork, so I can't eat pork. You know that. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know that one. I know that one real well. <laughs> 21 minutes past seven. Nothing Just like want a pork, pork chop. Nothing like a pork sandwich. <laughs>
Oh, to, can we turn that heat pump back off? Call Lizzie down. <laughs> you with Kimmer's Warehouse, great savings every day. Back with Off the Back Fence after this. Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp. Yep, the World Cup Bonanza Sport is about to kick off this weekend, so... I thought I'd put together three things we will learn about each event in relationship to sport being played at home and abroad. So here's number one. We'll realise that we should have built a stadium on the waterfront here in Auckland. Kicking the Women's Rugby League Cup off in central Auckland should have been a chance to showcase the country and its major city. Instead, we're ending up showcasing a white elephant in the back blocks of a retirement settlement and too far out of the main CBD. The sooner we build a new stadium down here on the waterfront, the better. Number two, the Kiwi team will win the World Cup, even though League in New Zealand is on life support. We realise this is a clear example of why the NRL need to step in and add New Zealand as a third state and remove a dysfunctional organisation that offers nothing to grassroots. Rugby League in New Zealand. The win confirms the players being recruited to Australia Systems is hurting the rest of the country and the NZRL can't fix it. The NRL step in. And number three, it's an end, end of an era for cricket and we need Baz McCullum and Ben Stokes to come home. Kane Williams and Gary Stead lose another series and need to move on and the rebuild needs to start at New Zealand Cricket. The man to transition the team into the next World Cup is our man Baz. Come on Baz, get on back here. Finally... After a successful World Cup, we realise, Izzy, that rugby league is quick becoming our number one sport and rugby and cricket have been pushed so far down the rankings, fans are switching the league faster than rats, leaving a sinking ship. Who would have imagined? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. <laughs> oh, you were going so well. You were going so well. And Fantasy. I was loving it. And the- and then you just started to wake up. <laughs> nah, 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 honestly, the one with the waterfront, man, I've missed the boat. I've missed the boat with that. Years ago, they were talking about that for the last World Cup, 2011. 2011, and, mm. 20, 2011, and now we're at the situation, and now the budget would be triple that. We'd seen that with Down in Christchurch. So whether they'll do a back turn on that, you never know. Um, Matt, yeah, well, I love what you're saying about the Kiwis. They have a genuine uh, chance, which is crazy to think that because of how the Warriors are, are playing as of late, to think that our Kiwis team, and we ain't able to transition into our own NRL team, are doing so well. So, yeah, maybe you've got some an inkling of what the NRL can potentially do with New Zealand Rugby League. How do we build the Warriors? How do we get the Warriors back to where we want to? We've been talking about it all year. We've had some our own little solutions and everything, but there's still that same old uh, adage, mate. And yes, Baz. Baz, Baz, Baz. Whether he'd come back, probably not. He's um, flying over there. Not saying ever, but as of late, four years he's over in England. Six from seven. Wow. Why would he want to come back? He's got a hell of a gig over there. 
Fair enough, Izzy. I love it, Kempi. I love where your imagination is gone. Um, and a little bit of facetiousness at the end there, just to push the boat out a wee bit. And just on your last point, Richie, we're going to shoot off, but Richie's come through. The there is a New Zealand centre of innovation and sport based in Upper Hutt that has just opened. Richie, I did see that on the news a wee while ago. Uh, the Phoenix teams are now using it, yep, both the men's and the women's, and I believe the two Hurricanes teams will also be using it. It looks pretty flash. Richie, that's cool. It's a good start uh, for... Wellington, I imagine if we had one of those in every centre. Now, how good would that be? 29 away from 8. Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building New Zealand. What are you expecting out of these World Cups we've got coming up? You got some fantasyful ideas like Kempi? <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? Come through now and we'll have a chat to you. Uh, Billy Harmon, not far away as well, with some sports headlines. SENZ, we're not too far away from Billy Harmon joining the show, 27 away from 8. Great to have your company this morning uh, as we amble into a massive weekend of sport, including plenty of good racing. Group 1 racing we'll cover at 8.30. Paul Cole, we're talking about world number ones and overachieving, punching well above our weight at World Cups and everything. Well, Colsey joined the show and... How great is it to hear an athlete talk about learning their lessons and coming back better and stronger from last time he was world number one? Maybe if I'm being completely honest, um, I was guilty of getting a little bit distracted and, and it turns my off-court life. But, um, you know, this time round, I've spoke to a lot of people that have helped me out and given me some, you know, pretty wicked advice, uh, including including my man uh, Izzy there. So, yeah, I feel a bit more prepared and, you know, a bit less um, overwhelmed with the whole thing. Shout out. Izzy, that's very good. Good of you giving back, mate. We love to see that. You've obviously had a long career yourself and experienced plenty of ups and plenty of downs, which no doubt you're sharing with Paul. That's really cool to hear. Our Champions League action is on right now. RB Salzburg is up 1-0 against Dynamo Zagreb. We've got Leipzig up 3-1 against Celtic. Chelsea Milan, Juve Maccabi Haifa, Real... Shakhtar Donsek, uh, we've got Sevilla, Dortmund, Benfica, PSG and Man City, Copenhagen all coming up after 8am. So plenty of football to keep an eye on. And just to close out our sports highlights with Gull fueling your mission all year round, pop into your local for some good value fuel, visit gull.nz. We've actually had some sports um, news brought to my attention via the text machine from two people, Harrison and Adam. Now, this is interesting. There was a big fight this weekend. Connor mm. Ben looks like he's failed a VADA test for a drug, Clomid, which is the same drugs bodybuilders use after getting off a cycle, says Adam. It helps to restart the natural t- testosterone production. Fight is set to continue. Harrison texts through, yeah, pretty much the same thing, um, which... You can join the dots. He says that he was coming off a cycle, which tells you that he's probably been putting some crooked stuff in his body. So the fight is set to continue. But I'm just reading here, guys, that the British Boxing Board of Control has prohibited the Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. fight. So it's they say it's not in the interest of boxing. They don't want it to happen. And this is after, as the guys point out, Ben has returned an adverse analytical finding for traces amounts of a fertility drug. That's what the promoters are saying. Now, just doing a bit of digging around on Twitter, 
one avenue they're exploring to allow the fight to go ahead is that the Luxembourg Boxing Federation, they sanctioned a 2012 fight between David Hay and Derek Chisora in London after the British um, Border Boxing Boxing Border Control prohibited the, the bout before a similar thing. Now, it means that there's a chance and there's quite a good chance this fight will still go ahead one way or another. But as both Harrison and Adam point out, it's not a good look for the sport we all love when this sort of thing just keeps happening. Um, it's a little bit crooked. Details are murky, but yeah, clearly a, an adverse drug uh, sample has come back and it looks like the fight's probably going to go ahead, is he? Oh, it's crazy. I was doing some reading, so I saw that message earlier and I had a wee look and I was just like, how's this even going to be set? How's this still going to be able to go ahead and fights are going to be f- uh, fought? You know, Conor Ben, he must just feel like an absolute mug. It's at London 02. And you'd, you'd, you'd think as a ticket holder or, or, you know, you've bought tickets to head along, you'd be, well, you'd be disappointed. You'd probably, would you turn, turn would you blank it and just think, no, nah, I'm not going to that. That's a, that's a, that's a farce. That's a good it's, question. It's rigged. Like, you know, what's that going to happen there? Because they sold out. Mm. London 02 was sold out. Now what do they do with the ticket holders? Do they offer them a refund? Do they uh, obviously make them, force them to... to well, complete their tickets and, and go along to the to the fight and watch it. You know, what's going to happen? And so you're saying that because British boxing hasn't sanctioned it, they've prohibited it, they go and approach another organisation, Luxembourg, to come and sanction it. And then if they sanction it, it's a sanctioned fight, so it's a fully professional fight. Is that what I'm kind of hearing? Well, that was one avenue explored by the promoters. That's And that was Mike Coppinger, who's a um, real sharp boxing journalist for ESPN, said that was one avenue they were looking at. And this is where boxing... It'll destroy boxing, wouldn't it? Well, It'll no, it won't. It goes. won't, because we've had it before. <laughs> because this is the thing. Suckers like boxing us keep coming is back. so weird. And we, <laughs> and we keep coming back, Kimby. Yeah, know, it goes against all sports morals. Yeah, <laughs> and of course it's boxing, mate. So pe- people just take it on the chin and get on with it. And I think the, the history, the Eubank being history... And the selling out of the the O2 Stadium, mate, I don't think it'll it'll actually mean a hell of a lot at all. I kind of agree. Unless they, unless they can the 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 um the fight themselves, the 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 people at the top say no, it's not going to go ahead because of the doping scandal. Um, that's the only reason it will stop. I think they fill it out. I think Eubank Bent has, has been around since I was in England in the early nineties, late eighties, and uh, people want to see it again. They want to see the. That type of um, that type of relationship in, in the boxing ring happen, especially up in the UK. So, mate, I read a story about a, a judge on the weekend. I don't know if you guys read that, but the, there was a story that came out about a judge and how many times he was offered bribes uh, when he he went he'd done something like two hundred sixty eight fights and um, two hundred sixty seven times or something. He reckons like mate, it is disgusting reading. Honestly, of, of every time he went into a fight and him getting envelopes and and proposition and the way that it was done, and he's blowing the whistle and there's a book coming out about it and about how many of these judges have actually taken the bribes. So, man, if you think boxing's <laughs> if you think boxing's going to change overnight, you've got rocks in your head. This and stuff's going to happen forever. And Kevin, I think that's exactly why your point that people will flood the stadium regardless, because I think in the back of everybody's head, if you asked, gave them truth, they're all cheating. If you uh, well, if you gave everybody truth, <laughs> boxing fans truth serum, and you said, look in the mirror. Do you know that the sport there's probably some fishy stuff that goes on? Yes, and it's just like, you know, 
it probably just happens and you probably just turn up anyway so the fact that this sort of thing gets exposed and the fight goes ahead it doesn't surprise me but it's disappointing and at the end of the day as you said is he morally I mean, you've watched a fight seriously as you've watched a fight and your naked eye have said, actually, that guy's got a hiding. Brock Lesnar, Mark Hunt. You've gone, that guy's oh, got a hiding, yeah. and then they put the other guy's hand up. You go, did I miss something? Was I watching something yeah, yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is very rare. Oh, but yeah. as of late, like the, I don't know, like because we've been watching Joe Parker, we've been watching Tyson Fury. Like you, you kind of, you've seen dominant performances. But then you've seen some ones where it's like, oh, that's debatable. What's going on there? So I can understand. It's, yeah, it's, it's had its fair share of controversies as boxing, isn't it? For sure. This is another one. Uh, Connor Ben, <laughs> Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, we'll follow it. We'll let you know if anything happens throughout the morning. Uh, stay with us. Billy Harmon, not far away on SCNZ. It's quarter to eight. We're just about to catch up with Billy Harmon, talk NPC. The uh, games this weekend look absolutely epic as the uh, NPC quarterfinals kick off North Harbour, Auckland. How good to start with the Battle of the Bridge on Friday. Wellington, Hawke's Bay, so you kind of got the Central Districts vibe there. Canterbury, Northland. Northland coming down for a massive upset, it would be. Waikato Bay of Plenty, so you've got the Battle of the kind of Central, the you know the middle part of the North Island there as well. I just think the way that these have matched up is very, very cool. Uh, is he? Yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, wow, competitive Playoff series coming up this weekend. They have been the benchmark all year long and after a couple of years since the familiar feeling of an NPC title. Canterbury don't seem to need any added motivation to reclaim their status as the premier force in the provincial rugby this final series. Their playoff journey begins Saturday at 4.35pm when Northland travels south to try and rattle the cage. Canterbury skipper Billy Harmon is waiting along. Is waiting a lot though along with his red and black tank. Billy's with us on the line now. Morena, Bill. Morena, Izzy, how's it going? Good, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. What, what's been in the water this year? Fresh coaching group, and the guys seem to have fully responded. It's been a fantastic season so far. Yeah, I think uh, Marty Burke's done an awesome job of setting up our environment, and um, I don't know what it is, but you know, everyone just seems to be thriving and everyone's just nailing their role. Everyone's playing well. Um, you know, it's been pretty simple. It's not like we're doing anything um, out of the ordinary, uh, but everyone's just doing their job really well. Yeah, Billy, I enjoyed watching your guys uh, You guys play this year. Your defence has been absolutely outstanding um, and your squad depth has been really good too. How, how important is that squad depth in this NPC campaign? Yeah, I think we've we've been pretty blessed um, with our squad, to be fair. And um, they brought up the point that I think, apart from Cullen Grace, you know, everyone's fit to go, which you know that's kind of unheard of, especially um, end of the season. Um, so to think of the, you know, some of the talent we have not even um, been able to make that twenty-three, uh, it's pretty crazy, to be fair. Man, well, how like how much of the how does Canterbury use the next man up mentality to not skip a beat throughout the season? Like you said, you've got squad depth, but when someone else comes in, how does uh, how does the team uh, embrace it and get this this player up to speed so quick? What's the mentality? Uh, I think we do, um, you know, an awesome job that you know the boys that aren't playing they're still they're still preparing like they are playing. Um, you know, we've had a couple of times throughout the season where people have dropped out late. So, 
we are always saying that you know everyone does need to be ready because you never know what can happen. Um, but on that as well, you know everyone else is doing their job really well. So if someone is coming in, you know they don't have too much to worry about. They just need to go out, nail their role, and um, everything will be sweet. What about your combination, mate, in the loose forwards? You're usually a traditional open side. You've played a little bit of six and you played a lot of eight, mate. You join mixing it up? Yeah, it has been good. I don't, I don't think I've actually played seven this year. Uh, I still see myself <laughs> as a number seven, but uh, it's been cool. I think it was sort of my first time um, playing eight, which is something I've actually enjoyed, you know, something a bit different, um, probably a bit more ball-carrying, less tackling, which, you know, the worst thing. <laughs> nice, Billy, nice you answer that, yeah. mate. Hey, you'd, be, you'd be all about that, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, 100%. <laughs> I'm, I'm feel you. <laughs> hey, Billy, what about the leadership this year? Who's uh, who's really stood out for you in, on on and off the football pitch? Uh, oh, mate, there's been, you know, that many great leaders in the team. I think, you know, Fergus Burke's done an awesome job of um, leading our attack. Uh, you know, with Tom Christie running the defence. Uh, we've got the likes of Sam Darry, who's, you know, really coming to his own around driving that line out, you know, with the help of Romano. I think he's really stepped up in that area. Um, you know, we've got Brody McAllister, he's sort of in charge of the forwards. Um, you know, Ryan Mecca, he's sort of in charge of the back. So, you know, there's, as a captain, you know, everyone's been doing such an unreal job in leading their areas that, you know, to be fair, I've probably done less work this year than maybe other years when I was, say, leading defence or something like that. So, you know, credit to them, it's made my job really easy. Mate, at the start of the year, you probably weren't predicting a Northland Taniwha to come down and, and face you come playoff season, mate. They've had an outstanding year. We spoke to the coach earlier in the week. They know the challenge that presents them come Saturday, mate. But for you, what has been the main focus? You've played them once this year. You would have, you know, you would have figured out a few things about Northland. What's been the main focus this week? Yeah, they have had an unreal season and, you know, they just play with confidence and we know that's exactly what they're going to do. Um, you know, like when we played them last time, that first 20 minutes, they came out flying. Um, so we know they're going to back themselves. Um, but for us, it's, you know, just about maintaining that um, that energy and intent and detail for 80 minutes, you know, and that's where I think we can, um, you know, really challenge them. Mate, what about the season as a whole? Are you enjoying the new format? Is it, has it been pretty uh, innovating and energising, just having something new to play for, evens, uh, odds and evens conference? Yeah, I think it's been cool that everyone's involved. Um, mm. Although I will say, you know, last week it was all a bit confusing about, you know, who was going to make quarters, and I think just about pretty yeah. much everyone was chance. So uh, I was getting asked a lot, like, who's going to be quarterfinals and stuff, I didn't even bother looking because it was just, um, it was all a bit chaotic, so. That's the, just waiting. That's the, yeah, just waiting that's the purpose of the comp. Yeah, Billy, that's the yeah. purpose of the comp is to give everyone an opportunity. But out of the out of the eight teams that have that have made the uh, the quarters, obviously you guys, you know, we know this is the hardest team to, to, to come up against and play, but what other team in the competition that you think in the eight um, has impressed you guys the most? Well, I think it'll be, for us, like, uh, you know, there's a couple of teams that we haven't played. So, like, you know, the likes of uh, Waikato or, you know, Bay Plenty, whoever gets through that. Um, 
you know, they're a team that we haven't just played yet, so that's probably the uncertainty. So, you know, a team like that, when you come up against them, it's all fresh and you don't really know what they're going to bring. So um, probably a team like that, yeah. Mm. Oh, mate, it's a fantastic uh, competition at the moment. I think it's really um, invigorated the, the competition, National Province, NPC. It's been outstanding, mate. Billy Hart, we're going to let you go, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Good luck Saturday, 4.35 at home, taking on the Tanifa. You're playing outstanding. Keep up the great form, my friend, and we'll chat to you soon. Cheers, guys. Catch you later. Here he is, Billy Harmon, captain of Canterbury. And the bookies would be shocked because they've got them a dollar eight. A dollar eight versus Northland seven dollars. So oh, if you oh, I'm taking a bit of that seven bucks. Mate, when you take take it up there and tell everyone. Yeah. 100%. Take it up there, okay? Because you're up to Northland this weekend, so you're right there. And it's us versus you, Kimpy. Six away from eight. Great defence though. Great defence there. Defence mate, impressive. Billy Harmon, that was him. You can catch out the podcast channel back after this with your text. We are coming up to 8 a.m. We've had a message back from Jared. He's saying, great interview with Superman Cole. What a champion he is. Yeah, thanks for listening, Jared. And if you missed that, head to our podcast channel, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, to catch up with that. And Izzy, another message from Grant talking about our favourite and best black ferns of all time. Yes, I agree with Kempe. Kayla was a gem nowadays. Alicia Leti Le Aenga. Is an excellent machine. Just off topic, any opinions, reasons why Gail brought in missed fern selections? Well, Gail, I just saw Niall Williams was actually over there with uh, Gail Broughton at the Parramatta Eels uh, Awards night. And it just got me thinking, how many more women's superstars are going to head over and give the NRL women's competition a a go? Give it a whirl. Gail Broughton made the final and she was one of the most outstanding fullbacks in the competition. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Anyway, Melody Robinson coming up. More than an athlete. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Chemist Warehouse October catalogue and find Paco Rabanne 1 million, 100 mil for 99.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ, Thursday 6th of October, it's just after 8 o'clock, we've been talking all sports, all things, rugby, boxing, cricket, league, all of the above, and uh, before I went off, Gail Broughton went over and played in the NRLW competition, and she was phenomenal, and it just got me thinking, I saw Niall there. And she left a little quote on her little uh, Instagram page. She said, 
maybe, or she just said something towards the end of it, just gave a little inkling what would her chances. It got me thinking, are we going to see more rugby stars heading over and playing in the NZR, uh, NRL women's competition? Oh, I think they'll be pretty excited to be a part of that for sure, no doubt. Niall Williams, I think she go very good at the game of league, giving that a chance. Um, whether the Sevens team will let her? Mm, that's the big question. Uh, earlier on in the show, we spoke to Paul Cole, Superman. Spoke to him. He's back to world number one. He's in the United States preparing for the US Open. He's coming back to New Zealand shortly to play in the NZ Open at Trust Arena in Tauranga. And uh, what that tournament means to him. If you want to have a listen to that, head to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCNZ app. And you'll get all our podcasts. We just had Billy Harmon on as well. He's the captain for the Canterbury side as they take on Northland this Saturday, 4.35. And we talked about it, the competition, the MPZ National Provincial Competition is well and truly alive. Big matchup. So you got Wellington taking on the big brother, Hawks Bay. This weekend, Wellington taking on the big brother, Hawks Bay. You like that, Richie? Big brother, Hawks Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get you Wellingtonians uh, fired up. Fired up as we get ready to talk some Black Ferns. Yes, Aroha said the news, and the news said that the Black Ferns are going to be announced this morning, 9am. In fact, the team will be announced to take on the Wallaroos, Australia. This weekend, Saturday, Eden Park. Great to hear the young 18-year-old talking about her experiences. She played sevens throughout her school career because there was no 15 sides to be a part of. She's only 18, youngest Blackfern ever, and she's playing in a World Cup. How good is that? And they're going to be phenomenal this week. We've talked about it. The question of the day, Louis, who is your favourite women's player of all time? One of them's coming up, surely. No doubt will be on many people's minds. Melody Robinson, we're going to talk to her shortly. But mine... I spoke about Fiao Fa'amasili, obviously the hooker, outstanding back in the day. Carla Hohepa, one that springs to my mind. You got Anna Richards, there is plenty, plenty. And well, we're going to unveil the next superstar. And right now, it is eight past eight. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Yes, the 2021 Women's Rugby World Cup is here literally and physically this weekend. Our black firms get their chance in front of a packed Eden Park to kick off a tournament which can continue to ascend the women's game to the places it's been threatening to go in Aotearoa for a long, long time It'll be a proud moment for a lot of people, including those who have worn the jersey before, the current players. And yes, my mate Melody Robinson played 18 tests for the Black Ferns. She knows what it's like to taste World Cup success, but she also knows what it's like to be more than an athlete. We all know Mel from her successful broadcasting career on our screens. She's been a force in the media industry for two decades now and advocated and campaigned for women in the sector to be supported and getting their fair, fair crack too. We couldn't think of a better week to welcome Melody into the show. So it's a big morena to her, morena Mel. How are you going? Thanks for joining us on the Izzy and Kempi for Breakfast Show. 
which means um, I'm a little bit tired because we have been busy this week, big time, prepping for this weekend, but very, very excited. And they are the nicest words you've ever said about me, Kempe. <laughs> I knew, I knew I, when I was reading it, too, I knew you were going to say something like that. Hey, look, a triple-headed, triple-headed kick-off, Mel. You must be so excited that it's finally here and uh, going, going along, I guess, on the weekend. What are you expecting? Uh, well, I'm expecting more than rugby. I think that mm. you're going to see in the crowd, um, around 35,000 tickets have been sold from um, my official numbers from uh, my World Rugby contacts. That's a world record uh, for a Women's World Cup. And in the crowd, you're going to see little girls um, and women, different types of people watching, because they're there not just for the rugby, not just for Rita Ora, but they're there because mm. they know how important this is to the landscape of women's sport, which is just awesome. Hey, Mal, it's great to have you on the show, Izzy, here. Appreciate your time. Hey, um, from, from when you were back running around to now, how proud are you to, to see where the game of women's rugby is at and women's sport in general? Like, it's just come a long way. We're not quite there. I know we don't want to get too confident uh, about it, but there's still a lot of work to go under the bridge. But um, how proud are you where, where it's at at the moment? Oh, look, I'm, I'm so proud. I'm really, really stoked for the young women who are wearing the black jersey now because the world's their oyster. And I remember back in 1996 in my first tour um, to Australia and Canada with the Black Ferns, and we played our first test against Australia at the Concord Oval, um, and we won the Laurie O'Reilly Cup there. And I remember when we lifted it up, there was around about 28 people in the crowd, and all of them <laughs> were, were our family, my dad and my power. That was it. And then we went to Canada, same thing. Like, no one was watching. 98 in Amsterdam, I reckon we had um, a nearly sold-out crowd there, but it was only about, you know, 1,500 people. So to have these young girls um, showing how brave they are in front of so many Kiwis is just awesome. Expecting 40,000-plus now this weekend. What The advocacy for women's um, rugby, which you've been right at the forefront of, do you see that um, equality coming and that equity coming back into the game these days? Well, not yet. Um, you, it's a long way off, uh, but there is a huge amount of investment and resources being in, put in, particularly by World Rugby, I'd have to say that World Rugby's led the way in that space, and it started with sevens uh, when the um, Olympics uh, accepted sevens as an Olympic sport, and they started that uh, professional um, seven series in 2012, and that's when the sevens girls got um, a lot of investment and support, and also from High Performance Sport New Zealand. The government put quite a bit of cash into those women. Now their pay is uh, equitable to the men's sevens team and there's a reason for that because they're an amazing product they win um, and very very successful so just catching up in the 15s game you'll see there's be quite a big difference in some of these teams at this World Cup again World Rugby has put millions into making sure that every single international team here has had a minimum of I think it was eight test matches leaning into this which is the most games ever but you'll just see there's a big difference in some of the teams and that's just time I'd, I'd liken it back to sort of maybe 91 for the men's development. That's where the women's teams are now, um, and we'll get there. It's just going to take some time. What is an ideal scenario for a national game, for our national competition, which is the Farah Palmer, now we've got the, the Super Rugby competition. What is an ideal scenario for the women's game where you would love to see it at, where you'd be like, okay, we've done it? 
Um, well, my, my focus is always on, um, first and foremost, how you commercialise it. So um, I know the Black Ferns do not have one sponsor who specifically uh, puts money into them at the moment. And the way that New Zealand Rugby sells their sponsorship is like a blanket sponsorship still. That means there's revenue coming in and, and you know, a lot of these big sponsors do say that the Black Ferns are part of their stable. But what that means is you can't say specifically how much revenue the Black Ferns are bringing in. So I'd really love to see some attention um, and focus put on to making sure they've got their own stable of sponsors and sponsorships that are not just front of jersey, ones that are quite creative and different. Like the Warriors did with that, um, I think it was uh, Honda on the back of their shorts. Every time they won, they'd get extra money um, into their sponsorship pot um, and also they get a percentage given away to a charity. I really like that kind of sponsorship. I think that resonates in bringing athletes into corporate um, bodies as well. So you start getting that in, then you get the investment, and then we start seeing uh, women's rugby being uh, equal in pay in terms of the 15 aside if the money starts coming in. There just has to be some real love and attention there. Beautiful. Love it, love it. Well, Al, this is a segment about more than an athlete, and you are... Well, you, your story and your journey about that is, is really uh, inspiring. So for you, from when you were, were playing on the rugby field and now you're doing, well, you're the big boss at TVNZ, I'm hearing, so you're making all the calls. How has that journey been for you? Like, well, Tell us about your story now. What are you up to? Uh, geez, well, it's a bit of a funny one because um, <laughs> I think that <laughs> I've always been myself. I think you know that as Ian Kempe, because um, <laughs> I am a bit of a you know how they talk about bringing diverse people on board into companies? Well, I'm definitely one of those. Um, and I use humour a lot. Sometimes I've got to pull back on that, but I just think that adds heaps to um, business and people and culture. And I think that's one of the things I've stayed true to from when I was playing, you know, the, the naughty jokes and all of the crazy stuff. I've dialed it back, but I'm still me, and I'm really happy and proud to be um, leading TVNZ's sport and events. Like, I... I didn't think 20 years ago I'd ever be in a position of, of leadership like that, particularly in one of New Zealand's iconic companies. Um, but I am, and I just think it's really important because A, for women, B, for Māori, and C, for people who are not necessarily corporate um, uh, personalities, is what I would say. So yeah, it's great, um, and I think it was all to do with, well, great parents and then um, being involved in an environment with Black Ferns, which was ahead of its time and just incredibly um, amazing at giving women self-esteem and letting you understand that you should be who you are because that's what makes you fantastic. So, I mean, that's a real short summary. Um, and it hasn't been mm. that easy on the way through. Um, and there's still more challenges to come. So, um, But I'm very happy at the moment with two wonderful children, a great dog and a fantastic husband. There you go. Nice, and he was on. He was on earlier this week too. Well, he has been on. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's a real good bloke. Now, hey, um, this cult, this cultural stuff and this diversity stuff that you you actually sit on a number of boards too, making sure that you get that out that message out there. How important is it for you um, to advocate for women, to advocate uh, for cultures uh, in and around sport and especially business at the moment? Yeah, look, it's um, important, but you need to make sure that you have a voice if you're a, um, a different person who's been brought onto a board. Um, the the structure of, of uh, boards and how sports is, are run and how businesses are run means 
um, if you're not selected on merit and there are only you know, a particular type of person who has the right experience who are selected on merit, and if you are an outside pick, then you've got to work harder than anybody else to earn the respect and do a great job on the board table. Um, so I'll just talk about Rugby World Cup Limited, where um, me and Brian O'Driscoll are the two international rugby um, representatives there. They have a, a male and a female on all World Rugby Committees, um, which is fantastic. Uh, we've had to uh, set up a support system for the both of us, even though I've got um, uh, expertise and capability in sport, broadcast, sport rights, um, those kind of things. Uh, where we, we have a, an amazing group from international rugby players that look at um, the papers with us or look at the issues. Uh, then we'll meet with the CEO ahead of time um, to make sure that we have uh, what we um, need to say on the players' behalf in there beforehand and then we go to the board. Because all decisions are made before you get to the board table and um, it's really important. So being somebody different who's selected on a board... Um, you've got to make sure you've got to have to have a voice and that's so difficult um, because mm. it's still probably dominated by people who've done business together for a long time. Yeah, I remember talking to you, Mel, years ago when you um, about your journey when you first went into broadcasting and saying how dominated it was by males and you had to really make sure that you were on point, um, which is my next question. Statistically, you used to roll out all the stats and make sure that you based <laughs> all your information on fact. Give us a little bit of. Yeah. Have you got any stats on you about the World Cup? What, what have you What have you worked out that if the Do you know what the um, the Black Ferns need to do to win the World Cup? Because they're up against England and France. Whereabouts? Yeah. You know, put your football brain on. Give me some. Give me some information because you're also a very smart analyst of where you think they need to go to win this this cup. Well, interestingly, um, I focused on stats early because that is what your super uh, sport fan loves. And for this World mm. Cup, I have changed how I communicate. I'm talking about styles um, and strategies. So I've spent the whole week or a week and a half looking at um, women's rugby's um, teams and really looking at what they're doing. And so if we start with a team like Canada, who will be in the top four, they are excellent. They're extremely structured and they play a, a multi-phase play type of style. But then you move into your French team or even your Black Ferns, and these are two teams who may have one or two strike moves or set pieces and a couple of phase plays, which they pre-organise. Those two teams basically play what's in front of them. So it's really exciting mm. style of rugby. And then England, who are just um, the powerhouses of women's rugby, they are structured, but they also mm. have um, a number of um, special tools, I'd call them, that they bring out of the box which has elevated them to the most dominant team in women's rugby at the moment. So it's going to be really hard for uh, the Black Ferns and also France to take England down. The only way they're going to do it is by playing really beautiful, fast, um, unexpected rugby, which means this is going to be a spectacle to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait till this weekend uh, kicks off at home, Eden Park, sold-out stadium. It's been coming for a long time. I'm happy it's here. And, yep, you're dead right, Wayne Smith, unstructured as they wow. come. His mindset, just chaos. Get them thinking every Either single one. time. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it, Melody. We appreciate you coming on the show, well and uh, you're, you're a fantastic uh, ambassador for our wahine going out there, not only wahine, our Māori girls. You're inspiring. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Oh, all good. I'll see you at the game or else, Izzy, or else.
It's <laughs> an Auckland. Hey, why didn't you bring it down to Otatai Christchurch? That's what I'm say. Come on. Mm, they didn't want to put any money up, mate. You should talk to councils. <laughs> <laughs> mate, they, they couldn't even buy us a stadium, let alone put any money up for a game. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. Kaki te. Kaki te. Here she is, Melody. Oof. Sort your bloody council out, is he? Mate, can't even sort them out. They can't even sort themselves out. I don't even know who's mayor at the moment. Who is it? Leanne Dalziel. Yeah, that's it. Have you voted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not at the moment. I'll vote someone. Yeah, she's great. She's great. You know, she's one of the. I worked with Mel for a number of number of years, and um, one thing I learned from her was to be prepared. Like you would go into in the conversations with her and sit across from her, and she would talk rugby league, and she would teach me a thing or two, mate, because she would study teams and come up with all the stats around why they're performing really well. And she taught me real, real early in my broadcasting career um, at, at that stage, mate. Do your homework. She just had pages of it. So um, when I was talking to her the other day, the first thing she said to me, "I hope you and Izzy are promoting the World Cup." And I said, promote it yourself. Come on the radio and, and talk to us. So she got a bit of a shock when I said that is. Um, but yeah. she's fantastic. She loves the, the women's game. She's been great for it. Yeah, awesome. Great to chat with her. She's such. She's got so much banter. Man, she used to rip my bald head out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, on TV, I was like, man, you don't do that now. Look at me now. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah, you're you're flying, brother. You are flying. You just need that stadium so Otatahi Christchurch can get some blimmin' games, World Cup games. Over. That's not the reason, Louis. Come on, surely not. Well, it'll be part of it. Is it? It'll be part of it for sure. Look, they missed out on women's world uh, football World Cup as well because FIFA, I'm pretty sure, said that the standard of Orange Theory was too grim. I'm pretty sure that was a big part of it. So yeah, and then obviously local government funding is another one. And actually on local government, nobody wants to hear this because I know people roll their eyes, but you should get out and vote. It's happening right now because we love to whinge about our councils, Kempi, but we actually can change. And I know you, people think that it's so there's just a bunch of Muppets running and it's like a bit of a waste of time and I kind of get that to a point. But at the same time, democracy is an important thing and without it, we would be a rabble. So I would encourage everybody to vote. Well, I, I, I got an easy answer to that. If you don't vote, shut up. You know what I mean? You can't moan about something because you've actually got a say in it and you decide who actually sits in those seats. If you can't be bothered to fill out your forms and put them back in the post and have a say on who you want sitting on those council seats, it's like elections, then stop moaning. Actually do something. I read a, I read a post this morning. It's really scary. In, in one local election, there's 4,000 votes and only 300 people have voted in a, in a, in a group. And I'm like... Well, you know, you're just never going to get a say if you don't get off your butt and and get the job done and put that vote in. Well it's said. a real simple thing to do. Very, very well said, Kimpy. 23 minutes past eight here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Paulie Moati, the party from TAB after this. 28 minutes past eight o'clock. Let's go straight to tab.co.nz. Catch up with Paul Moati. G'day, Paulie. Yeah, g'day, Louis. How are you? <laughs> very good, mate. I, uh, I had one bet and one winner yesterday, which I'm very pleased about. So if I was to looking to reinvest today uh, outside of Waverley, where would I go? Um, so what have we got? There's a bit of uh, Champions League going on at the moment. Um, if you're a Chelsea fan, you'll be fairly happy. They're up 1-0 against AC Milan. Um, but there's a, a new promotion or an enhanced promotion that we've got running this Saturday, Louis that you might want to have a little stab at. It's an enhanced bonus pack 
on the first four races from Harwater, Matamata, Randwick and Caulfield. Just place a fixed odds win bet uh, on any of those races. And if your runner finishes second, third, fourth or fifth, we'll give you your money back up to $50 as a bonus bet. So there you go. You know what's going to happen to Izzy. He's going to finish sixth. Six. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. yes. He's actually ran out. He's actually ran out of the room, Paulie. He's. It's, I can see this thing coming out of his ears. Do you know why? Because he's seen this text from John. Melody ripped Izzy so Izzy's bald head so bad that he had to go onto radio. Think <laughs> of. <laughs> Oh, very good, Paulie. Uh, yes, and tomorrow we'll talk to Pip and we'll ask her whether she endorses the uh, Penrith Panthers' behaviour, which she no doubt will. Um, I'm sure she will. <laughs> of course she will. Do you have a you got a best bet for the weekend, Paulie? Have you done your form yet? Um, no, no, no. I haven't had a look at the um, fields. I was going to have a look uh, this afternoon, so and nothing. But uh, looking forward to getting the Arrowfield and the Hawks Bay Guineas. Uh, all done and dusted um, after the abandonment last weekend. Well, I'll tip one out now, and unfortunately we've missed the odds a little bit, which is uh, the market was suspended. I wasn't fast enough to get on. But race six today at Waverley, our Jumala, a first starter, four-year-old mare by Zed for Robbie Patterson and Craig Grills pays the bills, is now $4 and $1.60. You could get $5 and 2 bucks about 10 minutes ago. So I wonder if um, after the scratchings and someone locals had a bet. But that is one to follow. Race six today at Waverley. Paul, we'll catch you next week, mate. Cheers, Louis. Have a good uh, weekend, boys. There you go. Paulie Moy. Cheers, Paulie. Uh, Izzy, I won't read the mean text to you, but Jamie Wall has text. Tell us who you're Get voting out, for, Jamie. Izzy. Give us an endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, Jamie. I've learned that lesson the hard way. Don't hey, you start. Hey, Jamie, why don't you text them what you think about the Penrith celebrations? Yeah, Jamie. Why don't you text them Stop that? Stop sitting on the fence. Get off the fence, Jamie, for once in your life. 28 away from nine, and John Key would have paid the bill anyway, all right? So don't. Don't he come. did. He did. He it. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Honey. See, you kind of get a sense. You kind of get a sense where I'm going. Twenty-eight <laughs> away from nine. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love, love racing. Not far away. Hey, harness racing, facing for purpose as well. We've got to cram it all in. And Kane Jones. We're going to be a code heavy racing code heavy. Last twenty-eight minutes of the show. So lock in. SENZ live sport going on right now. That was the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. But the Champions League is flying. Chelsea's up against Milan. Juve haven't scored, but Dortmund have. 1-0 against Sevilla. Real Madrid 2-0 up against Shakhtar Donchek and Man City leading Copenhagen 1-0. PSG also 1-0 up against Benfica. Love Racing.NZ, you're home for everything thoroughbred racing. Izzy, are you having a bet this weekend? Um, I will. I will have a little one, a little dabble somewhere. Um, what have, what have we got this weekend? What, what, any majors? Yeah, we've got majors. We have the Arrowfield at Matamata. Now the fields. Oh, at how Matamata, juicy is that? Oh, twelve. What are we thinking? Twelve races there because they had the Matamata Cup as well. Good fields. Uh, Stella Splendida's back in at two bucks. Your old friend Ooh. Stella. Is it? Yeah. Okay. There's a horse Denby Road in the markets, but 
And I think it's a real chance to go close. It's bred by George Simon, the commentator. Um, but we're just trying to work out which race Denby Road's going to start in. So I'll let you know when that happens. But yeah, Stella Splendida's back. Then it's La Creek versus Imperatriz versus, well, the rest really. And I'll be honest, it's looking like it's going to be a soft track. Yeah, soft four. I saw Grilsey was having a ride the other day. Yeah, six. And he said it's, so, it's looking good. So, it, I mean... La Creek's going huge. She's working huge. She's got all the upside. But on a soft track, Imperatriz comes right back into it. Right back into it. And she's the $2 favourite. And I just think she's going to be so hard to stop. Like that heavy track rolled her. Hastings, she just doesn't suit it down there. Back at her home paddock. I think she's going to go so far, so close to winning. And look, I hope, I hope La Creek doesn't get dropped. I hope La Creek goes with her. And then it's a match mm. race because they've drawn barriers three and four, I'm pretty sure. So La Creek will hopefully go two and three, two and three. So La Creek goes forward from with her tactical speed, gets up near the pace. Uh, Opie will probably have Imperatriz not too far off her tail, a little bit. Imperatriz is going to come up and try to go by her at some stage around the bend down the straight at Matamata. And La Creek, I just want to see her knuckle down and fight. And I want a good old fashioned mm. dog fight, a match race. Up the straight, and um, then the might and power across at Caulfield. It's Caulfield Guineas Day. We got Animo versus Mr. Brightside versus Zaki versus I'm Thunderstruck versus Moonga, who ran his best race in ages a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Kane Jones is coming up from NZB in just about seven minutes' time. He's going to talk about the Kiwi breeds over there, and yeah, R18 Gamble responsible. It's a good weekend if you want to have a look through the fields. loveracing.nz, your home. For What's your three best, Louie? What's your three best tips? Three best tips. Three best tips. <laughs> bit early. What do you think it's this is, Saturday, mate? I'm not a jukebox. Morning. You don't just put a coin in me. What is, <laughs> three tips now. <laughs> he's getting on, right now. He's getting on early. If you'd, you'd want to have to get on early and pre-defer, it's taken plenty <laughs> Open at 11s, it's into 8s. Yeah, and you know, back on top of the ground, if it's going to be a 6 or so, at Matamata, over the mile, second up, I'm pretty sure, I can see why. He'll run a, He'll run top 4. He always does. Um, I'm three best bets. Just calm down. Give me time. <laughs> uh, I Give me this. Does Dynastic back it up? Yeah, Dynastic wins. Yeah, that's a good bet. <laughs> I mean, you could just, if you were really, look, if you were in this way inclined, and I'm not, Okay, here you go. Stella Splendida into Dynastic into Imperatriz. Don't overthink it. Just let, let yeah, Tiarkel yes. beat them up at their home track. Um, Thank you. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Alrighty, and that's, that's, the, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. It's their home track, mate. Yeah, Mark Walker will have a big day. Oh, Louis, sort out something other than a favourite. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, get on you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Louie, give us a 25 to 1 shot. I actually, there was one at um, Waverley today that I didn't mind. Um, race, which isn't which isn't a favourite. Race number seven. Oh, it's scratched. Hold the press. That's fortunate, isn't it? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Mark, it was going to win and it was paying $7.50 and we'll never know. <laughs> it's Harness Racing New Zealand, pacing for purpose, season two. <laughs> Oh, one of those days. Oh. It's been one of those days.
Uh, oh, Mark, you're going to love this, Mark. Hey, $50 thanks to hrnz.co.nz, Child Cancer Foundation. You know what, punting, Mark? Race six at Addington. You love your harness. High Grove, two bucks, double up. <laughs> <laughs> Have another favourite up your mark because Merlin got it done for us last uh, um, last week. We're actually going pretty good on the shorties. We're not overthinking it. It's a class horse in the field. Look, it's fresh, but it's one ten from seventeen. I like the strike rate. Johnny Dunn in the cart. Uh, just, I just think High Grove in this field and the three year old mobile trot should be too smart for them. So, look, a little bit of risk because it is fresh and it is wide, but I think John Dunn's got the class on them and, and that's what we're looking for there. Right, lovely stuff, everybody. hrnz.co.nz, live the dream, get involved with harness racing. After this, it's Kane Jones from New Zealand Bloodstock. We're coming up to quarter away from nine. Hey, uh, a text comes has come through from Cam in Cambridge. Lads, Walker team at Harwood have looked the good. Sans Dute, Prismatic, get on. Cam, you're too good for me. I had missed that Sans Dute or Sandu, is in at Harwater race two in the three-year-old set weights and penalty race over the 1,200 from a very good draw, barrier six, weighted well. Lisa Allpress, probably the smartest rider at the meeting. Well, I think she's a really good filly. I think she's a really good bet as long as the track is good. I don't want to see her run on another heavy track. So at the moment it's soft. So she's three fifteen to three dollars. I'll probably just hang fire personally, but if you want to snap up the three dollars while it's there, um, all the best. Speaking of racing lads, we always tell you New Zealand bloodstock is where winning begins, and when you see it in action across the ditch in Australia, it just hits a bit different, doesn't it? Over the weekend, we've spoken about it. We had a red letter day early on in spring where we had an avalanche of Kiwi bred success, Head- headlined by Karaka cra- graduates, no compromise and smoke and Romans winning the group one races. We also had She's Lickety Split, Lost and Running, Exalita, Mr. Maestro. They all flew the Kiwi bred flag with distinction. And Kane Jones is a bloodstock executive at NZB. You must have all been so proud of the Kiwis in the weekend, Kane. Yeah, morning, guys. Uh, you're right. It was just a it was a red letter day. It was a, a really special day to be a Kiwi and a, especially a Kiwi bred racehorse. And um, yeah, headlined by no compromise and Smoke and Romans winning those good Group Ones. But um, just looking through that list, we won really serious stakes races from 1,200 metres right through to 2,400 metres. So a range of winners and uh, just a proud day to be a Kiwi. Yeah, how helpful will this high-end success be for vendors and stallions at the upcoming ready-to-run sales, game? Well, I mean, we just can't buy that sort of marketing, um, Izzy. Mm. Um, we can we can talk about everything we like, but um, it, it's when the horses are winning these races on the track that really matters. And a day like Saturday just really um, sparks everyone's attention, and, and especially the buyers leading into a major sale. So... Great timing um, at this time of year and um, really excited and really buoyant um, heading into the ready-to-run sale. We've had some pin-up stallions for a long time. Um, we know the names of them. But turn me loose in Perencanto, obviously lost and running, lickety, she's lickety-split or lickety-split. Uh, they had success over the weekend. How important are those two stallions in particular becoming for our breeding game? Oh, massively important. We, we always talk about Saverbeel as, as the king of the castle and he certainly is, but a, um, a horse like Pierre and Canto has certainly stepped up in the last um, few seasons, especially with um, those good horses lost and running. I know he's got an Everest slot and, and, and um, sorry, uh, Rockin' Horse winning the new market. 
Um, but you touch on one of those younger emerging sires like Chemi Loose. Uh, he, he's just flying at the moment as well and, and doing really, really well in Australia. And, and Lickety Split is really flying the flag over there and, and gee, she could well win the 1,000 guineas um, come Wednesday. When are the breezes up for sales at Kane and can people go along and watch these horses run in person? Yes, absolutely. We um, we were on weather watch last week. The the breeze ups <laughs> were were scheduled for this um, Monday and Tuesday. Just been, but we all um, we all experienced the big wet over the weekend. So the the um, decision was made quite early to postpone them and uh, give our vendors and our horses a a better chance of running on a on a nice um, even track in a couple of weeks. So uh, we've rescheduled the breeze ups to the seventeenth um, and eighteenth of October which is um, just under a couple of weeks away. And uh, thanks to Tirapa for making that happen, Butch Castles and um, the Tirapa Racecourse. Um, we're really looking forward to doing that. But, yes, anyone can come along and, and watch these horses breathe up. Sammy Williams told us that they've got a full brother, a Perincanto, to a horse that trialled up like a rock star down at Waipa last week. I don't know if you saw that, Kane, um, at the Ready to Runs. What other lots and um, stallions are you watching? Uh, yeah, well, Sam, Sam, he's always the optimist, but um, great to hear that he's got a, a really promising horse there. But um, look, like I said, we've got a really um, exciting group of young emerging sires. Um, I know we touched on Termi Loose, who's who's really um, going gangbusters, but we've got El Manzor, who's who's going well, and, and the sire of Dynastic. Uh, Tarzino has already put his hand up with uh, two Group 1 winners in, over in Australia. Um, Tavachi's going really well and, and Vatamos is going really well and um, and has got La Creek running on Saturday in the Group 1 so um, no no specific lots in particular right now but just looking forward to a really um, exciting lineup of Stallions Now, Kimpy <laughs> Sorry mate, I just word, got a little word, bit excited on, street, on there Yeah, word on the street is that Cinerama really enjoyed her time with the, uh, the big Tarzino She certainly did she certainly did, Louie. And uh, Kane, thanks for that little bit of information there. I might have one of those little little bubbers running around very shortly. Very exciting for uh, Kimpy. Kane, okay, here's a, little, here's a little experiment for all of us. Uh, Animo, Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, Moonga, Mr. Brightside. Everybody gets to pick one. I'm first, and and uh, actually, Kane, you, Kane, no, no, Kane, Kane, you, you go first because I know you'll pick an NZ at Kiwi Bread. Well, yeah, I'm the guest, so you can let me pick. Um, I'm Thunderstruck, a Kiwi bred horse. I've been harping on about him for a long time, and um, I'm just in love with that horse. So, really looking forward to him on Saturday. Might and power. All right, is he? Monga. Ah, cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> Huge run. Actually, weeks past little Iron Thunderstruck on the inside last night. Give me a new one. Um. I'll take Zaki. Meow. All right. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to have Animo then. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic race this weekend. Kane, appreciate your time, mate. And then, of course, of course we've got Cheers, the, the group one at Maramara. Um, we'll see you down at the Ready to Runs and enjoy your Pungle? time before then. And Oh, yeah, what about Pungle? Well, yeah. Did you see Pungle's first run, Kane? Oh, of course I did. I thought he was excellent. Um, he got a little bit sort of strung up in traffic. Um yeah. But really worked home to the line well, and I think um, up to probably a mile. I'm, I'm certainly no Chris Waller, I'm no trainer, but up to a mile, um, I think you'll really see him uh, show his best. So very promising horse there, is he?
Yeah, thank you. You must have heard Chris Waller's voicemail. He said he's a mile horse. There you go. <laughs> All right, you can take out your training license, Kane. <laughs> oh, gee, how, how hard could it be? <laughs> very, very good. All right, thanks, mate. Talk soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Go well. There you go, Kane. Cheers, Kane. Uh, Jones, he's at NZB, uh, your premier source for an auction house for look, the, the, just the best thoroughbreds and, and of course they've got the standard breads as well but um, the ready to run Gimpy. sales coming up in the breeze up 17th 18th is he smiling Gimpy. <laughs> smiling well are you just smiling with those dollar signs in your eyes no 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 mate <laughs> cock spate <laughs> yeah though, Kimpy's not gonna there's no way Kimpy will be selling not a chance no he's in it for the right reasons he wants to race a winner um, and of course why wouldn't you hey um by the way, I spoke about Addington. We're tipping Highgrove. Win a $100 Mitre 10 voucher playing Addington Survivor. Pick a place, get her in every race at Addington Raceway for your chance to win. Head to senzsurvivor.com.nz and get your tips. And now, last week I said, how hard could it be? Well, I think I made it two races. So, look, it's not necessarily easy. But that just means that there's more chance. So go and have a get, go and have a good go because somebody's going to miss out and somebody will win. Remember, we want to get you down to Cup Day as well. Seven away from nine. We'll wrap the show up and get to a couple of quick texts after this. Radio uh, Penrith. History has written in winners. They can behave however they like. They just got to be able to back it up next year. Great narrative because everyone's going to tune in when they play power again. That was Jamie Wall. We challenge you to get off the fence, and I don't think you have. So good on you. Um, <laughs> all right, Kimpy. Go back to sleep. That's Jamie. us done. <laughs> that's, us, that's us done for today. Uh, Stephen McIver fills in for Smithy this morning. What do you got going on, Stephen? Uh, uh, a busy little morning. Jimmy Nation. Uh, Jimmy. Nation. Jimmy Nisham coming up because, of course, we've got the T20. <laughs> is that World what his Cup. fan club's called? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Nation. I thought that was a program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Jimmy's Nation. You know what? He'd probably do that okay. They're, they've got a tri series against Sri Lanka. And who was it again this morning? Is it Pakistan? Uh, is it Pakistan? And Hagley Oval in the next yeah, three days. and Pakistan. War, warm up. Warm up anyway. So we do talk to him about that and what the it preparation's like. It needs to warm like. up. There's snow down there. I oh, know. I speak to him about oh, it's. It's a pre-recorded interview. Okay, hands up. Just done it, and he's. But he's in good nick. He's a really cool cat. Um, Mike. Oh God, I'm, I'm sure I've, I got caught at seven forty-five. Okay, so I apologise. Mike Stanley, the outgoing president yep. of New Zealand Olympic Committee, who's one of the great guys, is finally calling time, and he's done such a good job. They're splitting the job yep. when they read it because there's just so much to do. And Rob Lowe, uh, the New Zealand Breaking Centre, they're zero and one. They got their first game on Friday against the Tasman and Jack Jumpers, and all the usual stuff. Well, I'll leave this text here on the text machine for you from Andrew because we can't have time to read it. But he's asking Smithy and Izzy, and it's about rowing and fundraising, and Mike Stanley. Might have some sort of interest. You can okay. use. The, I'll leave it there. You can read it. Thanks, and decide mate. You to read it. And we'll read it tomorrow as well, Andrew. Great show, everybody. Appreciate your time uh, and your texts and your calls as always. Melody Robertson, more than an athlete. If you missed that, head to Izzy and Kempi our podcast channels to listen. Kempi, we're back tomorrow morning. Yep, can't wait. Let's go. See you later. <laughs> Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto: Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.